We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan source for all things Idaho athletics. Now, here is your host, Chris Keene. What a weekend it was in Moscow. Homecoming. It was fantastic seeing so many familiar faces. The P1FCU Kibbe Dome was rocking on Saturday. Just not the final outcome the Vandals were looking for as Idaho falls to Montana 23-21. to Here we are on the Vandal Insider Podcast presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman is the Vandals team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of of you. Well, coming up on today's episode, well, we will talk with Hayden Hatton, not to get uh, overlooked in that uh, really barn burner of a game on Saturday, was Hayden Hatton setting the career receiving touchdown record, just the, the storied history of Vandal football, and he is now number one, 28 career receiving touchdowns. Got a chance to to talk to him about that and kind of maybe one of the benefits of the bye weekend coming up is he didn't want to get that accomplishment kind of lost in the weeds of that emotional game Saturday and then turning the page on another game right away with the bye week. Kind of had the chance to talk to Hayden and talk about that accomplishment and talk about his Vandal career, his Vandal legacy, and still what's to come as well. I know he was uh, definitely disappointed by the final score on Saturday, but still uh, there's so much left in front of this team and so much that uh, can be accomplished and 
A huge game coming up in the next game when they return to action on October 28th. And then we'll have Doug Taylor join us as well. Uh, Doug does a fantastic job uh, broadcasting Vandal women's basketball games. We've got the preseason polls coming out, and we'll talk a little hoop. Shoot, before we know it, it will be hoop season as both the Vandal men and Vandal women get started on November 6th. But right now, joined by the VSF's Chris Hammond. Chris, we are both there as were so many other people at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome on Saturday. It was absolutely an electric atmosphere. Before we talk about the game a little bit, what was it like? I'm up in the booth. You're all over the place, and you're on the field a little bit. What did that environment feel like to you? Uh, it was easily the best environment we've had in the last decade plus. Uh, it was so cool. I mean, the student section was I took a picture. It was like 65 minutes, basically like a couple minutes after the Vandals came out for warmups. And I mean, the student section was basically two sections completely filled already 60 minutes before kick. I mean, and then the, the rest of the stadium started filling in there. I, I would say 30 minutes to kick stadium was over 50% full. It was crazy to see. I mean, when Joe Vandals intro hit, it felt like the team was already running out. Like it was incredible. Uh, watching the broadcast back, I was, I was a little sad because I know as the team was about to run out, we had the Idaho Vandals going. Uh, it gave me actual chills. Like I haven't heard it that loud. I was like, Montana's probably hearing this in the locker room. Um, the, the atmosphere was incredible pregame. Uh, I'd say for how the game kind of went, I, I feel like they, they stayed in it for the most part. There when we kind of had our comeback going in the fourth quarter, the, the fans were still there. They were, they were ready to get back loud and, you know, most of them did not bail on this team. I saw a couple people head up the stairs, but uh, for the most part, everybody stayed. And, man, that, that atmosphere was incredible. Incredible. The vandalizers came out in force. Uh, you know, we, we checked one of the boxes, fill the stadium. Second boxes, we're going we're to teach them to appropriately cheer. But uh, the hard part's getting them there. That part was accomplished, and they were loud, and they were rowdy. The rest of it, we can, we can teach them. No doubt. I, I had I had goosebumps when the team was running out uh, from the tunnel onto the field and just what the crowd was like at that point. And the P1FCU Kibbe Dome, Moscow, the University of Idaho, Vandal fans on that national stage broadcasted on ESPN2. And uh, the ratings coming out for that drew an average of 241,000 viewers. Uh, for comparison's sake, for, you know, kind of comparing apples to apples here on the first one, last year when Montana played at Sac State, also on ESPN2, that drew 178,000 viewers. So a big jump from that. You also look at maybe a comparable game here, something, you know, what else was airing on ESPN2 that day? Uh, on Saturday, an earlier game on ESPN2, Georgia Southern, James Madison, that drew 169,000 viewers. So uh, for folks, I talked about this with Coach Eck on the Coach's Show last week. Uh, think about that. Sports bars in New York, D.C., Chicago, mm-hmm. across the country for those for those night owls because it was a, a 1040 Eastern time kickoff. But uh, there's that appetite for, for college football. And those folks were treated to a, a whale of a game and just having it on that stage was outstanding. And uh, fingers crossed uh, the Vandals will have a, another chance to, to host a game on a stage like that. But uh, uh, for folks who, you know, were, were in it to the very end, uh, they were treated to a, a uh, really nail biter of finish. Just didn't go the Vandals way again, 23 to 21, the final score. And uh, just kind of wrapping up thoughts, Chris, on homecoming. 
It was great to see so many vandals coming back to Moscow. We had a great time chatting with Jay Hayes, longtime uh, NFL assistant coach, defensive line coach for a number of NFL teams. Been very successful coaching in the XFL, played on the defensive line for the Vandals from 1978 to 1982. So we chatted with him on the Where Are They Now segment. But I know that's just scratching the surface on former Vandals who who made the trek back to the Palouse this last weekend. Oh, yeah, there, there's a ton of Vandals back. And uh, a cool thing that uh, Coach Eck does is he invites any of the former players to walkthroughs on Friday. And there is a bunch of them there. Eddie Williams the, spent six years in the NFL. He was back. Um, I mean, you had Conrad Scheidt, Justin Velton, Jordan Johnson. Uh, you had a bunch of a bunch of players back. One of the cool ones too was uh, Nathan Enderley was back. And uh, after practice uh, or walkthroughs, Eck usually invites them up to kind of introduce who they were, and then they'll break them into position groups and have all the players that are back go talk to them. Well, obviously at Sac State, we had the '98 Bowl team back, so Giovanni McCoy got heard from Johnny Welsh, and then. Uh, one week, one home game later, he's got Nathan Enderley, the 2009 H Bowl winner, quarterback back to, you know, give him some wisdom. And then I'm sitting there, and then he's got the 2016 bowl winning quarterback on staff. So you got wisdom getting pumped into number four. Uh, it was so cool to see so many of those players back. I forgot Taylor Rust was back. Um, I, it, there are so many. I know I already left some out. Brady Strahd back, 2016 fullback. I mean, there, there was a lot of people back. It was so cool to see athletes, not even just we had most of the like early 2010s volleyball team was back in town. So um, homecoming is always fun. It's always special. Only thing could have been better is sending them out for the win. But, I mean, I think most people enjoyed their time last weekend being back home on the Palouse. And getting a taste of that, uh, that great crowd, that great atmosphere, and uh, looking forward to seeing everyone back at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome for those final two home games of the regular season. And we'll see what happens after that, but uh, keeping our fingers crossed that there could be uh, more Vandal football in Moscow beyond that final regular season game. But then it is October 28th when the Vandals host Montana State. Montana State ranked number two in the FCS, so obviously that's going to be a big matchup. The Vandals still have a path to winning the regular season in the conference, but pretty much uh, you got to think that uh, that a win over Montana State would have to be part of that recipe, so the implications of that are huge. And then even if Idaho does fall in that game to a tough Montana State team, there's still so much uh, that the Vandals uh, can do the rest of the season and how they can set themselves up for uh, a second straight potential uh, run to the FCS playoffs. And Idaho with the loss, 5-2 and two on the year, 3-1. and one. So that puts them tied for second in the big sky just right there. Montana also 3-1. and one. It's sort of a glut of teams at 2-1, Sac State, Portland State. And Idaho State. We'll get into the uh, the Big Sky landscape a little bit later on, and and what are those games the Vandal fans can watch uh, coming up this weekend with the Vandals on a bye. But you know, I'm thinking back, Chris, to our interview last week with Mark Schlereth. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, uh, don't wait. Uh, go uh, into the archives. Go to govandals.com/vip. Uh, look up Vandal Insider on your favorite podcast platform. Such a great conversation with one of the uh, the great Vandals, a Vandal Hall of Famer, who does such a great job of just spreading his Vandal pride now as a broadcaster covering the NFL for Fox. But he mentioned when he was playing and what the rivalry was like with Montana then in 1988. Vandals that year went 11-2. and They went 7-1 in the Big Sky, winning the Big Sky that year. Their one conference loss 
was against Montana in the regular season. And he kind of told the story that said, hey, they walked away feeling like we could get those guys. We feel, you know, better. We were a better team than those guys. They played them again in the playoffs in November and won 38-19. So we don't know how things shake out between now and then. But uh, if for some reason, uh, the way things unfold, the Vandals got another crack at the Grizz, I know everyone would be chomping at the bit for another opportunity at that. 100%. And, you know, I think you look at how that game started to end there. And I think most Vandal fans would feel, I'm not going to say confident, but they wouldn't be worried, I guess, having to play the Grizzlies against the best way to put it. We'd probably get another great game like we got on Saturday, and maybe we just get a couple more of the breaks. Um, so that could really go our way. And you brought up kind of how Slareth brought up uh, his time in Idaho when they lost them in the regular season and beat, I believe he even said, beat them when it mattered. You know, a similar story happened to Montana State a handful or just a couple of years ago when they went to the national title game. They ended up losing uh, their, I believe it was their only game of the year, FCS game of the year, to Montana as the last game of the year in the Brawl of the Wild. Kind of put them back in the seeding a little bit, but they were able to advance throughout the playoffs, one when it mattered, and go to the national title game. And a lot of the Bobcat fans I know and I've talked to have always said that they were bummed when they lost that game, but they wouldn't have traded losing the brawl for getting to go to the title and they aren't sure they would have made it to the title without that loss. It kind of put some things in perspective, made them realize they weren't world beaters, made them realize they do need to go every rep in practice. You know, that could be what this game is to the Vandals. We've got a big opportunity against Montana state here in two weeks after the bye. And we just got to close out our season strong. We could look back in the playoffs or even end of the season and go, man, that Montana game kind of got us back rallied behind and our, our players kind of have a fire lit back under them and, uh, we could look back on this loss and go, maybe it was a good thing uh, as the season progresses. But right now, it's hard to hard to see that, I know. But, uh, you know, in a four, five, six weeks, we could be looking back and going, you know, that loss actually really benefited us. And just looking at the game itself, the Vandals, a slow start. And Montana came out strong. Credit to the Grizz. They built a 20 to nothing lead. But, boy, there was uh, a no a lack of fight in the Vandals, scratching and clawing their way back. Uh, ultimately bringing the game within two. There was that onside kick that appeared to be recovered by Hayden Hatton, and then the penalty flag thrown, calling it offsides. Uh, at minimum, it was very, very uh, thin that he was offside. So not saying that it was the wrong call, but just the fact that it was uh, so darn close to being that recovery, even with that, the defense gets a three and out, sets up the opportunity for the Vandals to uh, to march into field goal range. Under a minute to go, no timeouts, uh, but then Montana able to force the turnover, and that ended the game. And, you know, I think the big thing is, is we know this Vandal team is very talented, and we know this is a really good Vandal team. And credit to Montana that they came in here and got the victory, but uh, it will just be fun to see how the rest of the, the season unfolds. And for the Vandals, I know after having... Five of the first six games on the road, seven games in. This bye comes at a nice time. And to catch your breath a little bit, I know this week you get an opportunity to kind of, instead of worrying about your opponent, you get to work on yourself some and then uh, back to it against Montana State. So, Chris, for now, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, Hayden Hatton will join us and talk about setting the Vandal 
career receiving touchdown record with 28. He does such a fantastic job, not only on the field, but off the field. He is such a great uh, spokesperson uh, for this team and uh, really a model student athlete. So we'll talk to him uh, right around the corner, and then we'll have Doug Taylor joining us as we'll talk a little Vandal hoops. We'll talk about uh, the preseason outlook for both the Vandal men and the Vandal women. Chris and you and I will we'll put a bow on things, and we'll talk about some of those games for people to keep an eye on when the Vandals have the weekend off. But again, another reminder, the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Well, now here is our conversation with Vandal wide receiver, Big Sky preseason offensive MVP, and All-American Hayden Hatton. Well, joined now by Hayden Hatton, not only the Vandal star wide receiver, but makes his way into the record book in another way in that game on Saturday as he is now all alone in the number one spot, setting the Vandal career receiving touchdown record with 28. Uh, Hayden, we appreciate the time. Thanks for chatting with us here. Uh, what an accomplishment already. We need a long list to go over uh, your accolades, and this is another one, but uh, what does having that record mean to you you know it it means a lot for me and, and my family you know i i love this university i'm so proudful prideful to be able to, to play for the university of idaho and you know being a kid who wasn't as heavily recruited in high school as some kids you know just having the opportunity to come here and and make an impact it's it's really been a blessing and i'm just so thankful for all the support and, you know, the support with Coach Jack and his staff. Without him, you know, none of this would be possible. And uh, Coach Slice, Coach Linehan, Coach Linehan's been just a great mentor for me. And then um, my parents, you know, just so thankful for them. And so uh, I'm so blessed to be able to have uh, done something like this. Well, that company that you not only keep, but you're at the top of the list of you're there at 28, passing Jerry Hendren, and that record for Jerry Hendren with his 27 receiving touchdowns had stood since 1969. Uh, Casey Dunn in third place, another great Vandal, had 25. Lee Allen had 22 from his time from 1987 to 1989. You now have 12 teams in your Vandal career. This is second all-time with 100 yards or more receiving. And uh, any, any others? I know you're you're focused on the moment and you're focused at the tasks at hand but uh any other record that you maybe when you've seen the record book at all that you, you have your potential sights on yeah you know I, I i think i'm just so focused on the moment i'm not really paying attention to it whatever happens happens and i'm just fortunate to be able to, to continue playing as a vandal i'm not let's uh i think the record i'm trying to to help the vandals win is is a conference championship this year and you know we still have the possibility even after the tough loss so that's where the head's at right now. Well, no doubt about it. And and just with this record, the receiving touchdown record, at what point did that come on your radar? Was it was it brought to your attention knowing that, hey, this this might actually be a possibility? Um after so I I, I last season I was fortunate to have a great season and uh I didn't realize that I was creeping up on the single season record. Um and then I caught my fourteenth and somebody told me. I didn't realize that I was close to it until somebody told me, hey, you just tied the single season touchdown record. I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, wow, one more. So uh, my next game was headed to Pocatello, uh, Idaho State. And I was like, I can, you know, one more, get the single season. And then, you know, 
fortunate to have one there. Finished the season with 16. And uh, somebody came up to me and said, hey, you're you're four touchdowns away from breaking the all-time. I was like, wow. I was like, that's pretty special. You know, that's a it's something that you you dream about, you know, being able to have an impact on a program like that. And uh, you know, so I knew it was possible. I've been been counting them down. I haven't uh, seen the end zone in a little bit, but um glad that I could help the team, you know, in the situation we needed at this last game. Well, of those 28 touchdowns, and you still got plenty of time in a Vandal uniform in front of you, so uh, that number uh, definitely a work in progress. But is there a single touchdown or multiple that come to mind when you first think back on maybe some of your favorite of those touchdowns? Yeah, I would say uh, I would definitely say my my first touchdown ever, right in college. I was a true freshman uh, playing under Coach Petrino. I had Jeff Cotton lined up with me you know jeff cotton has been a great mentor of mine too um we were playing at nau in the sky dome and that one meant a lot because nau was a a big sky school i i didn't have any scholarships to the big sky other than the university of idaho and uh nau was a school i visited multiple times that never took a chance on me and so uh i i'll remember my first college touchdown in the sky dome ever for sure and um, and then I would say the Eastern Washington game winner during the COVID season is one of my favorites as well. You know, that's, I, I just, I, I love getting to beat down on Eastern. They're all so, so amazing. You know, I don't take them for granted. I'm very blessed to be in the situation that I'm in and, you know, it never gets old touching the pater, like you say. Exactly. Well, that uh, those are some great ones right there in that NAU game. I know being an Arizona native, how special that is. You mentioned Jeff Cotton. Uh, how influential was he? Are there any other guys kind of early on in your career? I know you've got this great receiver room now. You've got an outstanding wide receivers coach and Vandal legend Matt Linehan. But uh, is Jeff Cotton, is he one of the first names that comes to mind when you talk about the guys who were there who really kind of brought you in and took you under their wing? Oh, for sure. You know, Jeff Cotton was the guy I looked up to just in his route running and his ability to separate from people. And, you know, he was a great leader on our team. But my uh, my most influential players were actually not wide receivers because when I came in, I was I was in the tight end room. And so um, the people who definitely mentored me and helped me the most uh, throughout my time, uh, my freshman year was was Luke Hyde, um, who, who, you know, he's a grinder of a kid did everything he could to get on the field. Now he's coaching. Um, and then Dalton Cash, um, Connor Whitney, and Logan Kendall. You know, those are just – those are all guys I'll I'll forever be grateful for. They were all tight ends, and, you know, they brought me into that room with open arms and made me feel appreciated as a freshman. And, you know, I will uh, – th- those will be relationships that I never lose, and I'll look back and, you know, I can always call them a couple of my best friends and – I know they know they have a place to stay in Arizona forever, and I have a place to stay wherever they are. That is outstanding. Well, you've got these all these receiving touchdowns in your career, and this year you've already got two touchdowns through the air. First, the Lamar game, and then against Cal Poly. Uh, and you that's not only your only uh, a trick play on a pass. I'm thinking back to NAU last year. Uh, we're talking about those fun memories. Do you have one of, uh, of those plays where you've been turned to to, to throw the ball that, that kind of stands head and shoulders above the rest? Yeah, I would I would say the Lamar one, just because it was my first one. You know, and I've been – we had a couple last year that just were downed you know, JJ got down at like the two yard line when I threw it to him. And uh, I was like, dang, you know, that could be my, 
it'll be my only chance to ever throw a touchdown in college. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a really special accomplishment, you know, especially not as a quarterback getting to be able to be like, yeah, I threw one. Like how cool is that? So having a couple of them under the belt is awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, coach, coach slice likes to mix things up and, and throw in a couple of trick plays here and there. So you gotta love, uh, you gotta love just some of the trick plays we've had uh, in the past, not even involving me. That that are pretty cool, you know. JJ on a couple of reverses, and you know we open the game with a reverse, and you just it makes the game exciting to watch. It's fun, and it's fun to be a part of. You got my mind turning here. I didn't ask about the uh, the record setting touchdown. I don't know if this is the case, and uh, I, I very well could be wrong. That hey, th- that ball needs to be uh, kept in play. But anything special happen with that ball at all, or uh, is that just one of those things where hey, uh, th- this needs to be used for the kickoff after? Uh, no, I threw it to John Grove, uh, our equipment manager, right when I when I caught it. I made sure to throw it to him, and you know, credit to him, I wouldn't have known just being so caught up in the moment. He was, you know, he has great belief in me. We've built a great, you know, bond throughout my time here. And I appreciate him and everything he does for the football program. He came up to me before the last drive. He said, hey, you're going to score a touchdown here. You're going to break the record. And when you do it, make sure to throw me the ball. So he he put it in my head, you know, like right before the drive. I went, all right, I'm going to score a touchdown. Let's go do this. You know, Vandals need it. Well, John does a great job, and he, uh, he not that it necessarily needed it, but helped to speak that into existence, and I'm glad that uh, he had that kind of top of mind of that special moment and to make sure that that was saved. I, you know, I'm thinking it was homecoming this last weekend as well, and you do such a great job, you and your family and Hogan and, and Jack. Uh, just such a great job, and I know your family as a whole, of connecting with the Vandal community with homecoming and with some of these older Vandals coming back, former players and people who just love the program. Uh, anyone in particular that uh, that you were able to connect with that you enjoyed being able to talk to and, and hear their stories and to share your story? Um, well, first, it's always great to get, be able to see the guys who came back. You know, uh, Logan Floyd works in the ticket office now, but Logan Floyd was my captain, you know, and a guy who will forever be a leader for me along with uh, Connor Whitney who came back. And so it's just, it's really good to see those guys, you know, Dalton cash stayed the night at my house, um, which is, you know, it's my lifelong best friend. We grew up in, in Phoenix, Arizona together um, and didn't really get close till I became a vandal as well. Uh, we went to high school together. So that's pretty, it was a pretty special moment. Um, and then uh, guys, uh, I, I didn't see him this time, but um, like guys like Trent Callen, who when I was getting recruited, uh, was a guy who I was getting declared to. You know, I, I saw I see him quite a bit, and when I when I uh, when I see him, it's just like it's a special moment to be able to reconnect with Vandals like that. And no, sounds good. And I have the great fortune of sitting next to Trent for all the games, and I know how appreciative of. Uh, he is of your game and what you do. And uh, I'm not sure if uh, there's only a handful of people who can appreciate your uh, tremendous accomplishments like Trent can. And uh, it's just fun watching it uh, unfold in real time with him and getting his uh, in the moment breakdown of everything. Uh, you mentioned Logan Floyd, uh, him and everyone else in the ticket office doing a great job of, of making sure those tickets were out and getting those tickets sold. It was uh, such an outstanding atmosphere there on Saturday. What was it like for you? How electric was that crowd running out of the tunnel? It was amazing. You know, I I, I hope that uh, every Vandal game from now on, at least while the time I'm here, can can continue to be like that. You know, I got two more left in the dome, and I'd love to see it uh, continue to get filled out like that. Just because you know, it's it's unlike any experience I've ever 
felt in the dome and you know having a home crowd like that truly is an advantage i think they were a huge part of why we were able to claw back in that game um and you know i and i'm sure it's a lot more fun for the people in the stands when there's that when there's that many people there too so let's let's continue to pack the dome absolutely and this is a well-earned bye week coming up for you and the team what does the bye week look like for you uh, the bye week looks very similar to a normal week of practice for us. You know, we're just going to continue getting better. This is a fun week because we actually don't have to scout anybody other than ourselves. So we can, you know, take a step back, look in the mirror, see the things we need to improve on. Um, it's a good chance for some of the younger guys who are developing to go live and get a good, you know, get a good grasp of, of college football. And, uh, you know, it's important for uh, older guys like me to make sure we – take a role in mentoring these guys in the same way I felt like I was mentored by uh, Jeff Cotton and Luke Hyde and Dalton and, you know. No, and there's never, it seems like, a bad time for a bye week. I guess maybe it's just too early in the year that that's not ideal, but this seems like it gives the Vandals a chance to uh, just kind of catch your breath, as you said, kind of do that self-scouting as opposed to uh, worrying about opponent for a week before really turning the page for Montana State. Does it feel like it is good time, especially after having five of the first six games on the road, to be able to just uh, just kind of collect yourself for a little bit and uh, get ready for this final push? Yeah, I would I would definitely say this is great timing. You know, my, throughout my entire career, the bye week has been pretty early. So this is the first year we've had it uh, towards the middle of the season, and uh, I'm 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 fortunate for it. You know, I could I like having a little break. You know, got tackled quite a bit in the last game, so it's nice to. Uh, Nice to get a nice week off. Took some hard hits, too. I There were a couple times that uh, we were, Trent and myself, were holding our breath up in the booth, and somehow you uh, you came right on uh, trucking back. But uh, I can only imagine how it felt. I can tell you how it looked from high up in the press box. And you uh, you, you took some hits is what it looked like. Yeah, you know, I, hey, I respect it. You know, Montana, they come downhill hard, and if I were the other team, I'd probably try to hit me hard, too. So... I gotta, you know, tip your cap when somebody gives you a lick like that. You go, all right, like I'm gonna get up and and go do it again. You know, staying a 15. Well, and there's still a lot of football to go this season, and and obviously you talked about all those goals are still potentially in play, and the Vandals looking to make the playoffs for the second straight year. Uh, the four games left to go in the regular season, starting with Montana State and then Northern Colorado, Weber State, and Idaho State. What runs through your mind when you think about this this last stretch of the regular season? You know, I I'm I'm a competitor. The guys on my team are competitors. And, you know, we're, we're, we're taking it one game at a time, but, uh, you know, we're just, we're going to continue trying to go one to know every weekend. And it's cliche as that sounds, it's, you know, that's, that's all you can do. You know, you have to live in the here and the now live in the present and, and, uh, you know, take a step back, look around and appreciate the, the things we've built in this program and, you know, try to live up to the expectations and continue displaying championship behavior as coach X said. Well, I said this last week when we had Mark Schlereth and I mean it again here. We're lucky to have a great representative and a great ambassador like you. And Mark Schlereth now doing it on uh, uh, the national stage like he has for decades and decades as a broadcaster, doing a fantastic job uh, announcing NFL games on Fox. Uh, but really, I don't think a, a college program could ask for a better uh, representative, a better ambassador, a better person to just represent everything about uh, uh, high, high, high achievement on the 
the field, outstanding achievement off the field, and uh, just someone who does a fantastic job. And I could say that for uh, this program, the Big Sky uh, College Football in general. Uh, you do such a great job. Congrats on this outstanding achievement. I know the fun thing is, is uh, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot more great achievements uh, still to come. But uh, I just wanted to to take pause and make sure that this gets its proper recognition as uh, it's another phenomenal spot where you get to be in the record book in such a well-deserved way. So, Hayden, we appreciate the time. Uh, I would say enjoy the bye week. I know you're going to be busy, but uh, at least you get a, a Saturday off uh, to uh, keep an eye on everything else. And I uh, can't wait to see you and your teammates back in action on the 28th for that game against Montana State. Yeah, I can't wait for the game. This this weekend will be good, though. I'm going to go up go up north a little bit, take a little fishing trip with my girlfriend, so it'll be good. Okay, where are you heading, take, take, where are you heading off to? Up, to? up to Coeur d'Alene. We're going to go up there. we got a place we're going to stay. We're going to fish a little bit, hang out, take the weekend to ourselves. It'll be good. Well, I hope the fish are biting. I'm sure I'm sure they will be. So, uh, yeah, have fun there. Well-deserved, and uh, thanks so much for the time again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, as always. You know how much I appreciate you guys. And we talk about those touchdowns. Let's take a listen back to them. Number 27, number 28 of Hayden Hatton's career coming against Montana. As he is now all alone, number one in Vandal history for career receiving touchdowns. Third and 10 for the Montana 19. McCoy with a little bit of time looking for someone open. He's going to have to heave it up. Puts in the back of the end zone. Tipped and caught by the Vandals. Hayden Hatton ties the career receiving touchdown record for Idaho. It's number 27, and boy, it comes at a big time. A deflected ball right into the breadbasket of Hatton at the very back end of the end zone. 19 yards. McCoy to Hatton. 23 to 13 the score the vandals will go for two the snap pressure coming mccoy steps up rolls out to his right mccoy will throw the ball back into the end zone open it's hayden hatton a touchdown for the vandals hatton all alone number one for receiving touchdowns in idaho history and what a time to etch his name in the vandal record book Idaho pulls within two, 147 left to go, and the two-point conversion attempt on tap. 23-yard strike, McCoy to Hatton once again. Well, before we shift gears and talk some Vandal and Big Sky hoops, a reminder that the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow in Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals as team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Well, it just came out, the Big Sky preseason polls for hoops for both the men and the women. And we now welcome in our friend, Doug Taylor, who's uh, been the voice of Vandal women's basketball for a number of seasons. Doug, it's great to chat with you. What year are you going into now? It's, it's, uh, I'm trying to think, are we five, six? Where are we at? This is season number six. I was officially uh, given the job in July of 2018. So calendar year five working into season number six, beginning on the 6th of November. Love it. Well, you say November 6th, it will be the opener for both Vandal Hoops programs. The Vandal women will be at home hosting Walla Walla. Their first Division I game will also be at home, the ICCU Arena, when they welcome Cal Poly to town on Wednesday, November 8th. For the Vandal men, they will also be in action to open the season on November 6th. It's a road game, but as close of a road game as you can get. It's the uh, 
the restarting of the Battle of the Palouse. They will be at Beasley Coliseum. The Vandal men will take on Washington State. That will tip off 8 o'clock Pacific time on November 6th. Then the home opener will have Cal State Northridge coming to town on November 9th. Tip off that Thursday night from the ICC Arena at 6 o'clock Pacific time. Well, both of those preseason polls coming out. On the women's side, Doug, we'll start right there. The Vandal women in the media poll being ranked 7th out of 10. Uh, the Vandal women being ranked 8th out of 10 in the coaches poll. Now, I think we, we take this with uh, not just a grain of salt. We take all of what we'll be talking about here with a block of salt because, you know, the preseason predictions are fun to talk about. They're fun to have kind of a starting point of an outlook. But all that really matters is what happens on the court. But with that being said, uh, what are your thoughts on, on where things are at uh, entering the Big Sky? Uh, just not conference season, but here we are with the hoop season starting on the women's side of things. I think it's, excuse me, Chris, I think it's a marker, and I'm fairly sure it will be similar on the men's side of things in the conference, that it's simply a statement that we know what we don't know, and that's a lot right now. There are a lot of unknowns in Big Sky Conference women, women's basketball this year, namely because so much of the talented, great leaders and players of the Big Sky Conference either, <clears throat> excuse me, found their way to other teams or they graduated and have gone on to professional basketball life or whatever was to come after basketball. You look at the rosters in and around the Big Sky Conference and there are only a few teams that really have a lot of returners on their roster in prominent positions. Otherwise, there are just a lot of very new faces, whether they be freshmen or new to the conference. And that's true not only of the Idaho women's basketball roster, but again, I would say most of the conference. Well, the top five on the women's side is consistent, though flip-flopped one and two, depending if you look at the coaches or the media poll, the media tabbing. NAU is the favorite. Eastern Washington selected as the preseason favorite on the women's side for the coaches. And then you flip-flop those two. And then number three for the coaches and the media is Montana. Number four, Montana State on the coaches and the media. And then Portland State, number five. We talk about those unknowns, and this is just kind of a, a, a new era that we're all still trying to figure out but with so much change and transition for every college basketball program it seems like from year to year now at the transfer portal uh, maybe this is just the new normal but uh, with those unknowns let's look at the other way what are the knowns would you say when it comes to uh, the big sky women's basketball outlook this year well so may if i may go ahead and revise what i said or clarify there are a lot of unknowns in the Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball 2023-2024 season. But if you look at those teams that you mentioned, one through five are the teams with the most returners in those prominent starting positions uh, in the conference. Eastern Washington pretty much returning, I think, their entire roster. Same crew last year under Jody Gleason that really kind of took off. Uh, in the second half of last season and was a very good basketball team. Northern, Northern Arizona, they've lost a couple of their starters, but a lot of folks back. And they also picked up Leah Beattie, who was part of the Montana State uh, team. She was the sixth woman in the conference. She now finds her way to Northern Arizona and playing there. So she seems like she'll slot in there nicely. You have Montana, which had Arguably one of the most talented rosters in the Big Sky Conference last year, of course, including Gina Marks and the former Vandal 
they are returning a lot of their players back, but for whatever reason, it didn't seem like it clicked all the way last year. Perhaps this is the year uh, that it does for them. Montana State missing the great Darian White, a couple others too. Cola Banbear also, I think it was four seniors who had a COVID year of eligibility, decided not to return. Darian White ended up at Nebraska. But still a lot of folks who are maybe kind of the three through six of that roster who now step in, which is why people see them where they're at. And Portland State, Esmeralda Morales, very, very good shooting kind of point guard, does it all for them. Be back in her role as well. I'm really kind of the floor general of that team. And that's why you kind of see one through five uh, in the manner which they are. Very interesting. And again, all the action when things actually begin to get decided. We are less than a month away from the start of the hoop season. And I'm just talking about the men's side of things here. And I know you keep a, a close eye on that as well, Doug. But uh, the Vandals picked last in both the coaches and the media poll. And, you know, in the sense... These preseason polls, especially with so much unknown, you're kind of judged on the previous seasons. And because the Vandals haven't finished particularly high in the Big Sky Conference, I don't think this is anything on on Alex Pribble, the coaching staff, or, or the players that have brought in. I think when you get the media and the coaches, they, they go towards the known as opposed to the unknown. And the Vandals have this exciting new coaching staff and bringing in a ton of new faces. I am really excited for this hoop season. And uh, there are so so many of these exciting newcomers and shoot there's there's only one player who will be lost due to graduation uh who will be out of eligibility after the end of this year i think the vandals have a chance to be very very competitive in the big sky conference and and my thoughts when you looked at it and we both fill out ballots so i filled out my ballot you know, I felt pretty good about one through three. And again, this is just from the traditional point of view of how you look at things going into the season, the preseason thoughts before any of the action begins. But Weber State brings back a lot. And I think uh, pound for pound, the most talented player in the conference, Dylan Jones, who I believe most likely will be named the preseason MVP. And then Eastern Washington, just with their success recently, that they are seem to be primed to be awfully awfully tough again they got two votes in the media poll one in the coaches poll besides that the rest went to weber state and then uh montana ended up at uh number two so i should revise that montana did get one first place vote in the coaches poll eastern washington did not so those seem to be the consensus and even folks that i talked to uh, from across the conference when kind of getting the the vibe of everyone else on on who they were going to vote for and how their ballots were going to be filled out. Uh, one through three, the thought was Weber State, Eastern Washington, Montana. After that, I would say the most interesting thing is people thought, and that's my point of view as well, four through ten, really, really up for grabs. I think you could just uh, throw darts at a board. So with the Vandals, with not having many returning players and, and having a new coaching staff and having so many new faces, uh, just because of that and, and where they finished in recent years, uh, pick 10th. Again, I'm very excited for this hoop season. And, and after that, Sac State, Portland State, Idaho State, Montana State, Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, just looking at some of those uh, storylines, Sac State's done an excellent job of bringing in talent under David Patrick, who's in his second year. How does all that come together? Portland State has a number of returners, but again, how, how does that translate into wins? Idaho State uh, has a strong core coming back, including one of the best big men in the conference, Braden Parker. Montana State, to me, is one of the most intriguing storylines in the conference. Uh, they have done so well to the point that uh, their head coach uh, gets plucked, and he's now at Utah State, and Danny Sprinkle, they bring in Matt Logie, but uh, they lost a lot of the talent that made them uh, 
one of the best teams in the big sky in the last few years. So uh, how, how does that go for Montana State after uh, riding so high recently, but uh, uh, having to rely on a, a lot of new players compared to those outstanding, talented Bobcats that we've seen in the recent years that led them to such great heights? Northern Arizona, they make a ton of notes down in Boise, have that uh, really remarkable run on the conference tournament, but can they keep that momentum going into the regular season? And Northern Colorado, not the season that they wanted last year, are they able to bounce back this year? So I, I guess it kind of goes the same for both of us, Doug, on the men's side and the women's side. It sounds like our outlook is similar. Uh, a, a few things we feel like we know, but uh, so much that is is unknown, and I guess that's uh, that's what makes it particularly fun. Yeah, I uh, I kind of wish like we could do these polls in like mid December after I've seen the you know all the teams on both sides for about six weeks or so. Then I really feel like I would have a good feel for maybe where this conference season is going or as good a feel as you could have. But that's not how preseason polls work. So uh, we are going to learn a lot from November sixth, you know, to the start of conference play at the end of December. I think we're going to have a better idea, but there's still going to be a lot of things up in the year, which will, of course, get sorted out as we go through the early parts of 2024. I love the fact, just thinking on the the side of the the Vandal women, there's so many home non-conference games and just the way that things worked out last year, that wasn't a the case. So, so many opportunities for fans to see uh, a Carrie Amy squad in action at home in non-conference play before Big Sky action gets started on December 28th. And then for uh, the Vandal men, a number of home games as well. And uh, I'm just looking at uh, really the Vandals don't have to, to leave the region until December 9th. So uh, you have the road game to start the year at WSU, three straight home games. And then over Thanksgiving, a kind of week, uh, that weekend, you're playing two games at Seattle U. So there's so many Vandal fans that can turn out and cheer on the team. And obviously, uh, there's there's always a, a big presence when you have a team at the University of Idaho from, from the Seattle area. You typically get a number of players from there, and that's no different for the Vandals. And then three straight home games off to Utah Tech, then Stanford and UC Riverside. And before we know it, Doug, we're going to be starting about the, the start of conference play. That's one thing that's for sure for this time of year is it is exciting, but it is also busy once we get to a crossover season when uh, the fall sports are still going on. Uh, football uh, still very much a, a, a great opportunity to, to play beyond just the regular season if they can make the postseason for the second straight year. And then we'll have we'll have hoops rolling before we know it. Yeah, it's going to be very busy, especially for you, I think, uh, late November uh, and uh, early and hopefully a longer into December and perhaps into early January as well. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on and a lot going on that's a lot of fun uh, and very intriguing in Vandal Athletics. Busy is good. We like busy. So this is a fun time, Doug. We appreciate you chatting with us here and just uh, can't wait to, to see you at the ICCU Arena and knowing that uh, that hoop season will be busy there at the ICCU Arena for both uh, the Vandal women and the Vandal men before we know it. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, big thanks to Doug Taylor. We'll be all at the ICCU Arena for uh, a busy winter for Vandal Hoop season before we know it. And back here with Chris Hammond. Chris, uh, talking about Vandal Hoops, we've got some Vandal football still to chat about, but uh, not to overlook the 
University of Idaho soccer team. The Vandal soccer team coming away with a victory over Eastern Washington, clinching a spot in the Big Sky Tournament. So the soccer team sits in third place in the conference with 10 points. Uh, the Vandals have a chance to earn second in the regular season with two wins in the final games this week, dependent on losses from Montana and Portland State. Idaho hosts Northern Colorado and Northern Arizona on Friday and Sunday, Senior Day on Sunday. So a great chance for everyone to get out and cheer them on at home. Exciting time of year. We're talking hoops. We've got football going on. And, of course, uh, Vandal Soccer having another fantastic campaign. Yeah, they're having a great year. They just secured their playoff spot, which only the top six teams get to go down the Flagstaff. Um, and, you know, the Vandal soccer team is going to try to put together a great stretch here to set themselves up for that tournament. Last year, losing in penalty kicks uh, to two NAU. So hoping we can get back and maybe revenge that loss or take out somebody different. But uh, I know this team, Montana, NAU, I mean, there's some good teams in the big sky up top. But Idaho's right there with them, having arguably our best out-of-conference we've had in years. And uh, going through conference play, taking care of business, securing a playoff spot with still two games on the docket. So Vandal soccer taking care of business. It's been fun to watch. And you mentioned the Big Sky Tournament. It will be in Flagstaff, as you said, November 1st through November 5th. So looking forward to uh, to watching to see how the Vandals can do down there. Again, another really, really strong season from Vandal soccer. So we talk about Vandal hoops. That's going to get tipping off on November 6th. But with the Vandal football team having the weekend off, it is still a busy slate of Big Sky action. And you can pretty much stack up your day and watch throughout to to get an eye on not only the teams the Vandals are going to be playing coming up, but how some of those teams are doing the Vandals don't face this year with the way things are shaking out in the big sky. And I think overall, you look at the top 25, the Vandals now ranked number 10 in the stats perform poll, but still a lot of time for that to change. You really want to crack the top eight when it comes to how the committee does the seeding so you can get a seed and have a buy for the FCS playoffs. But there's a really important one. Chris, we'll just start with the big one. If you're used to watching football at 7.30 uh, Pacific time on ESPN2 like the Vandals did last week, well, uh, same time, same channel for a big matchup. Idaho's next opponent, number two, Montana State, taking on Sac State. That will be 7.30, Sac State hosting that game. That is by far and away the big sky game of the week while the Vandals have Saturday off. Of course. I mean, you, you you've kind of touched on this. For bye week for us came at a great time from the team perspective, everything like that. As a football fan, it also came at a great time. We might have across the board the most amount of competitive games this week. Almost every single matchup is people right next to each other in the Big Sky Conference standings. And you 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 noticed uh, they brought it up the ESPN two game again this week. Montana State traveling to Sacramento State. You know, Sacramento State, we're familiar with. We'll have a good idea of kind of uh, being able to tune into that one. You'll have an idea of what to kind of expect from Montana State here in a couple of weeks because we've seen Sac State. We kind of know what Sac State like to do. Uh, so I know we'll be watching it. I know the, the team will probably be watching it. But, oh, no, this could be the FCS game of the of the week, let alone just the big skies. Uh, it should be a really good game. ESPN2 is getting their money's worth from these uh these games that they picked here in the big sky, I would assume. I mean, we could always be wrong. There's a reason they play the games. But on paper, this one should be exciting. The other matchups are pretty intriguing, too. The first one will be at 1 o'clock Pacific time. Portland State hosting Idaho State. 
Portland State getting a victory over NAU, and that's kind of a matchup of teams that the winner still has a path potentially to the playoffs and getting to seven, and it made it a lot more difficult for the loser. And Portland State got the victory, and then Idaho State, I would say it's the come-from-behind victory of the season in the big sky. A bit of a shocker, not that they beat Eastern Washington, though I think most folks thought that Eastern would, would probably be the team that uh, you know would be considered the favorite going into that game. But the fact that Eastern was up 35-7 to and Idaho State rallies to win, that game the Vandals have to wrap up the regular season against Idaho State, looking more and more uh, like a tougher Tougher matchup is Cody Hawkins really deserves credit for the job he's done there. So Idaho State and Portland State on a collision course. That's 1 o'clock Pacific time. Weber State's probably been the team that you would label as the disappointment of the conference this year. They're just 1-3 and three in conference play. They're taking on Eastern Washington in Cheney on the red turf, 4 o'clock Pacific time. So Eastern Washington, they're licking their wounds, trying to turn the page on their loss to Idaho State when they blew that sizable lead. And then Weber State, of course, just kind of looking for answers. And then Northern Colorado, who the Vandals will play here coming up, they will take on Cal Poly. Both teams looking for their first conference win. That's at 5 o'clock Pacific time. So maybe different types of storylines, but at least intriguing angles for all four of the Big Sky games that will be taking place while the Vandals have this Saturday off. 100%. You, you touched on I me. Mean, you start there with the Idaho State-Portland State game. Two teams that were completely under the radar by the media and the coaches coming into the season. And here they both sit as two and one in conference. That puts them essentially tied for third place in conference. Uh, technically still in the running for a conference title game, which uh, nobody had, you know, four or five weeks into the uh, conference season. Uh, so it, it's crazy that you get that matchup. Whoever wins this kind of has, as you mentioned, an inside track to maybe be one of those first four out, last four in type of playoff teams. I mean, it's still pretty unlikely, but uh, kind of solidifying themselves from, Maybe what was the bottom tier of the big sky and then maybe the middle tier of the big sky. And for us, we get done with one rival in Montana and uh, having one of the best games we've had in that matchup in a long time. Idaho State looking like they could uh, present a challenge here at the end of the year and maybe give us another rivalry game that's worth fans coming up and watching and getting involved in. So buy your tickets now to that one. We host them there to the end of the season. You mentioned Weber State, Eastern Washington, both teams kind of down the last couple of weeks, but both teams still receiving votes in the FCS top 25. Well, the stats FCS top 25. So, you know, the winner of that one, don't be surprised if they poke their head there in the bottom of the 20s um, come next week in the polls. And then you mentioned Northern Colorado and Cal Poly, both brand new coaches trying to get their first conference win, trying to right the ship. Uh, you know, it, it's not probably going to be beautiful football, but some team's going to win and it's going to be their Super Bowl because Looking at their schedules, they probably realize this might be their best shot at one. So every single game will probably be close. Every single game should be entertaining. Uh, It's a great week to be able to just sit back, relax, and not worry about the Vandals. Well said, and we'll be back at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome before we know it, October 28th for the game against Montana State. Well, that's a a wrap for this episode. Chris, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, Enjoy the bye week. I know we'll we'll both be busy watching football, and uh, can't wait to to chat again with that Bobcat matchup uh, getting closer and closer. Yep. Well, again, a big thank you not only to Chris Hammond, but our guests Hayden Hatton and Doug Taylor as well. I'm Chris King signing off for this edition of the Vandal Insider Podcast. Once again, the Vandal Insider is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. As the Vandal's team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between.
Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Well, that is it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll chat again soon right here on the Vandal Insider Podcast. Bees up. This has been the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan's source for all things Idaho athletics. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.